listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome to another brand new episode of ESL Talk. Hope you're ready for another great episode today. And we're going to be talking in this episode about how we can help international students to thrive. We have our guest Rafa joining us. She's going to share a little bit about what she does supporting international students in her community of Vancouver, Canada. And we'll be talking a little bit more generally about what we can do as teachers to help support our international students and make sure that they can thrive in their environment and in their classroom. Thanks again to our guest last week, Adina, who was talking all about fears and competition in the ESL industry. We got a lot of great feedback from that episode, a lot of great comments, and I know Adina was very grateful for all the positive comments and feedback that she received as well, um, being a guest with us last week. So let's switch gears again and let's talk about our topic of supporting international students, helping them to thrive. Um, this is a topic that's really important to me because in my experience working um, as a teacher in the classroom, you know, working with university students, um, I've worked a lot with international students and it can be a really tough transition for them um, and they, they might struggle a lot initially. Now, you might be an online ESL teacher and you might have students who, you know, that you just see online and you really don't know much about their background, about their culture, or you haven't really asked many questions about their country, where they live. Um, and, you know, we sometimes assume that sometimes all students from one country have the same um, challenges or have the same difficulties, maybe when it comes to their English, but maybe we don't know that much about their culture, their background, and maybe the support that they need. Now, as teachers, there are a lot of things we can do to support our students. And this is something that we're gonna get into today with our guest, Rafa. And again, if you are an online English teacher and you are looking for a way to save time, save planning, save prep, we have a great solution for you. Our sponsor, esl-curriculum.com, has over 500 plus ready-made ESL lessons covering all different ranges of topics from kids to writing to speaking to business English to IELTS and much more. You can get a free two-week trial simply by visiting the website, esl-curriculum.com, and signing up for your free two-week trial. So let's get into today's episode. Let's start and let's listen all about how we can help international students to thrive. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, great. So, Rafa, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, so, could you t- start by telling us a little bit about yourself, kind of your journey, and tell us a little bit about Thrive, which is something you're involved in right now? Uh, yes. So I'm uh, originally from Yemen. I was uh, born and raised there uh, until I was 16. That's when my journey as an international student began because uh, that's when I went to university. Um, and since then, I've uh, lived in many countries and I came to Canada six years ago. Uh, it feels like it was yesterday, but it's been six years. And, you know, being an international student, I got to um, experience a lot of things, and it's different from all the other experiences that I've had. I've noticed a lot of gap in information out there. Um, I spoke to friends who got scammed. Um, you know, just international students getting scammed was something that's very regular, and you know, would be mentioned a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when my partner and I, um, we were like, you know what? We need a community. We need one source of information that mm-hmm. students can go to. Um, and, you know, that one source of information that's unbiased and honest and um, is by people who have experienced what they're going to experience or what they're already experiencing. So that's how Thrive Magazine came to be. Um, And, you know, our mission is to become the number one source of information for international students. 
That's incredible. And I, I really, you know, I really admire the fact that you've gone out and created that community because, you know, I've, I've worked a lot with international students and, and you know, I, I know you've experienced that a lot as well as an international student. And that lack of community, that lack of, you know, just not knowing your surroundings and your environment, like that can be really scary and like you said you know people are exposed to to scams to you know um discrimination um, and it's really great that they have a voice and a platform and it's uh, it's wonderful that you're providing that for that community um so thinking a little bit about your journey as an international student rafa what was some of the the challenges that you faced and you know maybe we can talk about in terms of the language first of all um and and how did you overcome them personally? We can maybe start with your own personal um, reflection. Uh, I grew up bilingual, mm-hmm. but even I, I was never good at languages. So I've never actually mastered any of the languages that I, uh, I speak. Um, but even though I, my entire life, my education was in English, coming to Canada was different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I, th- there was a lot of doubt and because of the doubt, you tend to hesitate, forget your grammar, you know, and and that's from someone that was already very familiar with the language. So I could only imagine what students that don't know the language come here to learn it. Um, right. And in your and, experience, what what are the kind of, you know, when it comes to the language, what are the, the things that international students struggle with or find, you know, tricky moving to Canada or a new country? From what I've... Um, noticed is that and and that's something i'm experiencing until this day is that we're not fully immersed in the culture we don't Mm -hmm. get to you know have conversations with uh, native uh, english native speakers we don't get to i think i've been here six years and i have like three canadian friends um and that and that is a um happy problem because that means that vancouver is a very multicultural and you get to meet people from all over the world. But at the end of the day, we are engaging with each other and we're not fully immersed in the language. And uh, students then would go to work and you know, at work you will start having, you're gonna start meeting more uh, native speakers or you know um people with really good english and that's when it hits you it's like oh i've been here god knows how long but i'm still not i'm not there yet yeah no that that makes a lot of sense and it kind of ties back to what you said and you know why you created thrive because that community is lacking that support is lacking and being able to integrate into canadian culture you might study in canada you might work in canada you might have friends who've lived in canada for a few years but it's very difficult to kind of you know immerse yourself in that and that's you know as we know that's the best way to to learn a language and to really improve your language skills so um obviously you you know you came here initially as a student and then obviously you know you, you started your own kind of community and your own you know business and everything like that, which is which is really really amazing. It's a great example. But thinking back to you know new international students who maybe move to a new country, you know how can how can our audience as teachers how can they support these students and what are some strategies that they can put in place to help them feel included and help them feel you know valued as students? For sure, cultural exchange. I think that. Um, we have different cultures and mm-hmm. even though until this day uh, I have 
many friends from different cultures, and I'm still learning more and more about those cultures. And I think what uh, teachers can do is that they can take that extra step, you know, um, have that cultural exchange, um, show that, show the students that they have a place, there is space for them. They can, you know, feel that sense of belonging. Um, and maybe that will lead them to be more comfortable and that could result to them being more open towards um, learning, you know? And, and I think culture is really um, the bridge there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And, and I think a lot, of, a lot of teachers maybe don't recognize the value of taking time to get to know your students and learning a little bit about their background, about their culture. And, and just because you've taught a student from that country doesn't mean that they're going to be the same as previous students you've taught from that country. So I think yeah. that's really important for sure. Um, for example, yeah, um, please. Yeah, go ahead. let's just, let's just say that, um, not asking questions, you know, asking questions in class for some cultures, uh, you know, can be deemed as being rude uh, mm-hmm. or disrespectful. And, uh, you know, um, if instructors or teachers, and I, l- listen, um, ESL teachers are doing a great job. You know, I'm not an ESL teacher. I was never an ESL teacher, but um, I can only share my experience as an international student and learning from our community uh, thrive. Um, so, it's understanding that culture, taking that one extra step, understanding that some cultures, you know, for example, shame, um, feeling that sense of like that shame when you make a mistake. If you mm-hmm. say something, if you pronounce something in the wrong way, there that could completely close you off and you don't want to learn anymore. Um, and if teachers understand that, they can navigate around it. Right. That's a yeah, that's really, really powerful. And Again, you know, if we take the time and we understand and we learn and reflect from previous experiences, then we can definitely do that. And I think it goes into creating that environment as well, that safe environment where students feel nurtured and valued, which you mentioned as well. So um, I think, yeah, I think that's something really powerful. Take time to get to know students, give them opportunities to share their experiences, mm-hmm. share, you know, their, their culture and and ask ask questions, but don't ask questions for the sake of asking questions. Ask them to learn, to listen, to understand. And I, that this is something I, I really value and try to put in my, in my teaching approach as well, um, because I think it, it's really powerful and it, it helps. You know, if you have students who are excited and motivated and they want to come to class every day, then they're going to be more likely to want to speak English, to try new things, to push themselves, to, you know, go out of their comfort zone. So that's really, really valuable advice. So thank you for, for sharing that, Rafa. So let's talk a little bit more about confidence. So from your experience and, and from conversations you've had, um, what are some things teachers could maybe do to help, you know, new students or international students develop confidence and, and self-efficacy? Um, because they, you know, there's a lot of skills that students need that they don't necessarily learn. So how can teachers help support them in that? Um, we will always have that doubt. We'll always think, do we have what it takes to go up there, to order a drink at Starbucks, um, to be able to, you know, 
say hello in the many different ways that we say hello in English. And I think role playing is very important in the classroom. Um, you know, something that is very uh, real life experience. Like I said, go to a coffee shop. You'd go to a coffee shop. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? You know, there's so many ways of us uh, saying how mm -hmm. are you and how and, and you replying to that. And, you know, uh, students might only know one way or two ways, but then if they hear one more way, they freeze or they feel embarrassed. Mm -hmm. uh, so role playing, I think, is very important and also giving like detailed feedback. Um, yeah. uh, I, I think feedback is something that we learn. And if it's detailed, there's no room for fear or assumptions. Right. And it's that learning through failure and learning through making mistakes and not even not even saying failure, because that isn't really the right word, but it's, you know, it, Every time you try something new, you learn from it, even if it's right or wrong or it's successful or it isn't, it's a learning opportunity. And yeah, like I know my students love going to, you know, Tim Hortons and asking for a double double. They seem to get a kick out of that, <laughs> even though it's not something I enjoy drinking. But again, it's a great way to practice. It's a nice low pressure environment and it's a good way to start to build confidence in a new environment for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I know something you advocate for and, and you support um, your community with a lot is, you know, helping them with resources, with services, with, with ways that they can, you know, be supported in their new environment. So what are the kind of things we can do to make sure that, you know, all students have access to the same opportunities, the same resources as domestic students? And, and what are some ways that we can maybe address those gaps or those, you know, disparities that might exist? This is actually a very big topic. Uh, mm -hmm. Recently, we wrote an article about uh, the student wage gap. And in the um, study that we referenced, they do mention a few reasons of the many reasons why students might experience that. But one of them is uh, the lack of network that, you know, a domestic student would have. Right. Um, your mother might know someone else uh, that or uh, her friend from school or a friend from work that can get you an internship. Um, it's just that support system. So what we're trying to do is, and that's something also in the future, what we want to do is have those events mm -hmm. um, and try to build a community, a community of support for uh, international students. And, you know, that's something that also could be done through the teachers or schools. Uh, we just launched a Slack community in hopes that students can come and find their own people and uh, ask questions and get that that sense of community that may we may not have because we haven't been here long enough. Right. Uh, so that's one of the things that we try to do. And of course, information. Information is very important. Information is power. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to arm the students, empower them with information so that they know what is available to them and what is not, and um, even if it's so little. Is the language barrier, is that sometimes, you know, a reason for students to not try to access or try to, you know, use services available to them? Absolutely. I think not just the language barrier, not feeling that you don't have that ability to speak and communicate might hold you back from actually going out there and taking something that you feel you deserve. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is it plays to the confidence itself of the student, not just their abilities in speaking English, because communication is very important. And if you feel you can't express, then you just don't put yourself out there. Right, right. You don't. You wouldn't even try. You just give up, right? And then that can that can have a lot of knock-on effects in terms of you know culture shock, homesickness, you know, feeling withdrawn as well. Maybe not attending your classes. So, you know, this is this is something that I've personally dealt with quite a lot as well. When when things happen in a student's home country, maybe a relative is sick or their parents, you know, they're missing their parents or their family. You know, this is something that affects affects them quite quite deeply quite severely so how can you know teachers or maybe people in the community how can they support international students who might be experiencing homesickness culture shock and and what are some resources that we might refer them to uh i experience culture shock uh, sorry <laughs> i experience um homesickness a lot mm-hmm uh, when i came to canada my country was at war so my family were you know constantly sending me messages if there's internet i'm able to communicate with them if there's no internet then you know i have to go to class very stressed out and uncertain of the safety of my family members um and one thing i know in my in my it sounds a little silly but food food always made me feel better uh, just like, you know, I, I couldn't really find my food here because we don't have a community, a Yemeni community here. But the closest thing to m- me was Ethiopian food. So I, I went and I sat and I, you know, had some Ethiopian food and I talked to uh, the owner of the restaurant. And, you know, we built that relationship that we've had for the past six years. Another thing is uh for example, my husband was uh, teaching, he was a business instructor, and he found out that with Japanese students, mm-hmm. before an exam, it's considered good luck to give them Kit Kats. Oh, there we go. I didn't know that. So what he did, he, every time before an exam, he would bring Kit Kat and he'll give it to the whole class. So this way, uh, the students can feel you know, a little home, uh, Japanese students can feel a little homesick and uh, other students can learn about, you know, one piece of their culture. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that the teachers can do. But um, there's also beyond the classroom, having someone professional to talk to, a counselor or someone at school that's, you know, professional, they can um, be more open to them. Right. But then there's also the cultural aspect of it. And I know I, I might sound like a broken record, but a lot of students uh, from different cultures fe- don't feel okay speaking to a professional or talking about mm-hmm. their um, emotions or feelings. So I, I think that a buddy system would be great. You know, like someone that's been there a little longer from their same culture that could become you know, some sort of a... Um, that uh, someone that can support students and talk to them and then perhaps push them to speak to a professional and i i hope that answered your question (laughs) oh absolutely that's fantastic i i think we really underestimate the power of food Um, Mm -hmm. and if you're used to you know eating with your family having family meals having that you know familiar food with the because food doesn't just bring out you know 
emotional responses. It brings out, you know, your memories and your connections. And, you know, it, it brings out a lot of different senses. And if you're suddenly by yourself in a strange country with strange food, let's let's say for some Canadian dishes anyway, um, it can be very, very, you know, unsettling and very, very difficult to adapt to. So I totally agree with that. And I think as well, like trying to do little things like, okay, how much does, you know, how much do 20 Kit Kats cost? Maybe $10. Okay. Small thing, but that will make a huge difference and really help build that connection, build that trust, you know, help your students invest in you. So I think those are really simple and easy strategies, but they make a huge difference. Um, again, like little things that I do that I don't need to is, you know, recognizing students who make that extra effort or they go the extra mile, you know, maybe emailing them with a gift card from time to time just to recognize that achievement or, you know, just just even just highlighting, you know, I I thought you did, you know, a really excellent job with this. And these are some reasons why I'm being specific. Um, you know, I think feedback is really important as well. So this is what I wanted to ask you about next, Rafa. Um, what are some ways that international students should, you know, receive feedback? Because as teachers, we tend to give feedback in a very general way. Um, in, and that's not, not just in terms of work, but in terms of, you know, behavior or things that we want to model, expectations. So what are some things that we should, we could consider when maybe setting expectations, setting assignments, working with students in terms of giving feedback? How could we navigate that? The more specific the feedback is and more detailed, the better. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to still remember that uh, we as humans in general, we feel shame and embarrassment when we feel we did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And it, it's amplified with, you know, different cultures than right. others. Um, so a detailed feedback, pro preferably one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just making sure that it stays positive. And when giving that feedback, perhaps using real life um, scenarios, yes. you, know, you you wrote this or you said this in a certain way, but you can say it in another way, for example, this and this and this. Mm -hmm. I think that could help a lot. Yeah. So the applications for real life beyond the classroom. So let's say like the, the example you gave earlier, business students. Okay. So we're learning about negotiation. So for you, let's say, for example, Rafa, you're going to be working uh, in HR and talent acquisition. So for you, you could use these expressions to help you do X, Y, Z, right? Is that is that kind of what you're getting at? Yes. Um, like you said, in business, we learned a lot through case studies. Mm -hmm. um, we practiced a lot of experiential learning. So we worked with real life uh, businesses. We can, we were as consultants for some of them. Uh, they've had some competitions in the classroom for like a, a, a digital marketing proposal, um, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is very, it's very useful to have that real life experiences. When I taught marketing. I took permission from the school. I took my students and uh, we went to the mall, Pacific Center, and that's where I took them to <laughs> Lush. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, uh, tell me what it, what are you experiencing? What is this brand trying to tell you? And we practiced and we, while experiencing it, we managed to talk about some of the theories uh, from the classroom. So real life situations and uh, scenarios do help a lot uh, in, in that like 
feedback and learning. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think as well, another thing I would, I would share as well with, with teachers is, you know, if you know that you're working with students from certain, you know, certain backgrounds, certain cultures, maybe something you're not as familiar with, maybe ask them. Oh, like, for example, right now, I know there's, you know, there's certain festivals coming up. So I have students from Iran who are going to be celebrating Nohruz. Okay. I didn't know what Nohruz was a few years ago, but I asked, I learned, I, I tried to do some research and I tried to incorporate it into my classes. Why? Because they can teach me. They are motivated. They're more excited. It's, they can apply the skills from English and they can put that, you know, into things that they want to talk about that they're interested in. So those are some little things you can do. And I like, you know, making it as real as possible, trying to, you know, think about those real world applications. I think that's really powerful. Um, another, you know, major thing that is very important, um, especially for students moving to new countries, um, you know, in, in places like the US, Canada, the UK, we always look at this idea, this concept of critical thinking, which is something we've mentioned quite a lot, and being resilient and being able to solve problems independently. Because as strange as this might sound, we might have some students who are, you know, 18, 19, 20, they might not have lived outside of their home. They might not have had to do that much in terms of real life. And then suddenly they're an international student without all those luxuries or, you know, things that they've enjoyed before. So how can we as teachers, how can we help these students develop critical thinking skills and, and problem solving skills to help them? Maybe not just in an academic setting, but also, you know, in their daily life, because they kind of go together. We, um, we do travel young. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, especially with ESL, I think a lot of the students here are still teenagers, uh, right. 18, 19. And I think a useful tool to do is for students to go back, um, reflect on their own abilities, you know, mm -hmm. figure out what, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what are, what are their limitations. And... Uh, Based on that information, teachers can work with the students and give them more of the workload, but to create like a plan, um, a plan for them to reach their goals. For example, I, I want to pass this class, you know, mm -hmm. so but I'm, I'm, I'm falling behind. Let's find out why I'm falling behind my other classmates. Is it because whatever takes them four hours to study or to learn, it takes me double that? Okay, now how can I work on it uh, to get better? And perhaps um, teachers can, you know, uh, get on boards with their plan, um, help help them like support them as they move forward with their plan and give them just feedback so that they know to adjust as they learn. And I think that's a very powerful tool for us to develop critical thinking is when we self-reflect. Yes, yes. And But that is, wouldn't you say though, that is something that you know, that you need to learn or you need to be able to to know how to do. Um, and that's, you know, that is a process that does take time. And I think as teachers, we can support that. Um, so this is something that our listeners might be able to incorporate, you know, that, that idea of being aware of your behavior and, you know, what you've done well and being reflective and, you know, maybe keeping a learning journal or a diary of, you know, 
how how you're learning um, in the class. That could be a really useful way to to hopefully do that. Um, and I think when it comes to problem solving skills, again, not ideal, but we mentioned this. You learn by doing. So mm-hmm. putting your students in those situations, asking them, "What would you do in this situation? Um, what are some things that you might need to think about?" Could be really important. Like experiential learning, I guess we would we would refer to it as. Well. Yes, absolutely. Yes. 100%. So um, I know it wasn't as much of a, of a big deal for you necessarily, but what would be some ways that um, we can support our students to learn or improve their English outside of the classroom? Are there any specific things that students might get involved in or things that they could join or maybe you know work on um, outside of their class to help them with their English? You know what, um, just recently, someone that uh, is studying ASL, a student, came mm-hmm. up to me and asked me, I want to learn English more, like outside of the classroom, because, again, ESL teachers do a great job, but then that's five hours of their day. What happens with the rest of the time? Right. And she came up to me and asked me, what shows are you watching? Fantastic. What What do you recommend for me to watch? Um, I was tempted, well, depends on the level. You can say watch cartoon because they tend to use... Um, it's simpler language but then you know for them to understand also the sense of humor that's used in north america mm-hmm. um expressions and emotions and stuff like that i i think entertainment and storytelling is really really important and that helps us a lot with retaining information yeah, I think TV shows is a really underestimated one. And, and not just saying to a student, hey, listen to this or watch this. Like, here are some specific shows that are going to be great for your level. Or here's some specific movies that might help you to understand certain concepts. So, yeah, I really like that idea. And I think that's great. And, you know, you've provided some really useful, practical tips. And, and this is this is really great. I know our audience is really going to appreciate this because many of us work with international students or we have students from different backgrounds and, and cultures as well. So, um, this is all really, really valuable. So um, you've talked a little bit about Thrive and, and what you do. Um, so could you tell our listeners how they can connect with you? How can they maybe find find the publication and how can they find out more about you and, and what you do, Rafa? Yeah, uh, I encourage all of your listeners to check out our website, mm-hmm. uh, www.thrive.ca, thrive with a double V. Um, see the content uh, that we have, uh, perhaps point out their students in our direction. Mm-hmm. We are helping students by empowering them with information. Um, at the end of the day, our job is a complement to what you're doing in the classroom. And I think together we can help these people thrive in the city. Absolutely. Uh, they can also reach out to me on LinkedIn uh, uh, under Rafa and Muterib. You know, it's a little difficult to spell my last name, but uh, I think Daniel's going to write it in the yes, description. Yes, <laughs> I will just, I was just about to say, I will add the, the links in the description below. So you'll be able to, to find those and connect with Rafa. Um, if you would like to, I, I know she'd love to be able to um, share um, the wonderful articles and, and information that you have um, on Thrive. And again, do feel free to reach out. It's not it's not just for people from the Vancouver area. You know, whatever stage you're at, even as a teacher or a student, there's definitely value um, in the content on there. So we will definitely add those links so you can check it out if you want to. All right. Thank you so much, Rafa. It's wonderful to, to have you with us today. Thank you. 
All right, there we go. Thank you so much, Rafa, for a great interview and telling us all about how we can better support international students and how we can access the magazine Thrive. The links to Thrive are in the um, episode description just underneath, so you can find that easily if you want to check that out and if you want to follow Rafa and learn more about what she does. So thank you very much for listening. Before we leave, just a quick reminder, if you're not already, you can follow us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast. You can also get all of our previous episodes for free from seasons one through five by going to our website, esl-talk.com. Also, if you would like to be a guest on a future episode, there is a button on the webpage on the front, which just says, be a guest. Just simply click it, fill in a couple of details, and we'll be more than happy to reach out to you to schedule an interview, especially if you have a real passion that you'd like to share with us and with our audience. Also, as well, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider of choice as our new episodes drop every Wednesday. And just finally, if you are an online English teacher, you're looking for materials, you're looking for lessons, you're looking to cut down on your planning time, prep time, and save yourself the stress of creating brand new lessons from scratch, we have you covered with our sponsor, esl-curriculum.com. On the website, you can find over 500 plus interactive, beautifully made lessons covering all different areas of English. So if you're a kids teacher, if you're an IELTS teacher, if you teach speaking, if you teach writing, or if you teach business English, we have got you covered with a free two-week trial. So head on over to esl-curriculum.com to check that out and enjoy your two-week free trial. That is it for this week. I hope you enjoyed listening and we will see you again next week for another brand new episode. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.